Awesome. Hi there. My name is Mimi. I'm super excited to be here today from my beautiful sunny living room here in Kelowna. And uh, yeah, my name is Mimi of Soul Alchemy. And uh, I would like to speak about today about the Empath Survival Guide during turbulent times. But before I start talking about what that means and getting into the topic, um, let me just tell you quickly a little bit about myself. Um, I'm trained in various energy modalities, especially in body talk and animal communication. And my passion is to support people through the process of reconnecting with their true self, as well as rediscovering their excitement for creating their dream life. In my practice, I love guiding people to listen to their own hearts and their bodies on a deeper level, to allow them to have that information to bring them back to their well-being and overall balance in their life. Um, working with the animals, I often draw on their wisdom, um, like the herd of my animal, uh, the herd, my herd of horses that I have here at my home. Um, I have a dog as well, um, my cat, but I also work with my clients' animal companions and we're drawing on their wisdom as they're just so deeply connected and so attuned to who we truly are and they can guide us through all those ways where we manage to get into our own way. So my topic today of the empath survival guide during turbulent times seems just really um, imminent right now in what we're going through in the world around us. Um, so let me first tell you what is an empath. Many of you are probably aware of heightened sense of empathy um, and the word empath has been thrown around a lot, but let's just clarify quickly. And how do you know you're an empath? What does that mean? There is a large spectrum of empathy. So there's various degrees from all the way of having no empathy, which is like the sociopathic or narcissistic model, but we go all the way to feeling absolutely everything around you to even the extreme of absorbing all these things into your own body. So there is people with a heightened sense of empathy who can not only see and notice the different things around them in other people, but they can actually literally feel it in their body. So that information then goes way beyond verbal cues or verbal information from the people around you. You start feeling their feelings, you are feeling their, um, their body language, all that gets it comes at you really quickly when you're highly sensitive and highly empathic. Um, so many, many people aren't fully aware even that they are an empath. It's just a way of being. You just notice how all these things are coming at you, but you're not necessarily able to distinguish what is yours, what's not yours. You just know that you're sensitive. You know you're intuitive. but. Um, you're not necessarily able to master those qualities. So I do think that empathy really is, is a superpower. It's beautiful. It's, um, and especially 
especially when it comes with awareness and with mastery, it's not something you want to let go of. Um, you're able to perceive like infinite amounts of information from the world around you. Um, you connect with people so deeply through this empathy. Um, it makes you often a very caring person who's easily able to relate to other people's experience. Um, you're often able to help people through their emotions. Um, and again, it connects you deeply to the world around you. So it is a beautiful quality to have. Um, it makes you sensitive, highly intuitive. Um, you can adapt to situations around you at a lightning speed by just picking up on even the most subtle cues. So when a situation is not safe, for example, or not okay, you know before you, it crosses actually your mind, there's something instinctually that's inside of you that tells you the situation's not safe or it's not a good place to be. Um, so that's really a beautiful quality to have. And people often seek you out for advice. People will be so happy to share the ups and downs of their life with you because you're right there with them in their experience and makes people feel really connected and heard and understood. So if it's so amazing, why do we need a survival guide with that? Um, there can be a problem. There is a flip side to being an empath, especially if you don't know how to master it. Um, so the flip side of being a highly intuitive, highly sensitive, empathic person is that you can walk around like an emotional sponge. You are taking on people's and emotions of other people of the environment around you. Um, you can even go as far as absorbing other people's physical symptoms. So you might not be aware of that, but maybe you're experiencing physical symptoms like a headache or anxiety or something and it's not even yours but because you haven't learned how to manage your empathic qualities or even really identify them you don't know how to let that go again so people who are highly empathic often feel drained and exhausted as well after social events large crowds or any stressful environments so when we look at what our world is like right now, where there's a lot of fear, there's a lot of anxiety when we go into, let's say, even the store, the mall, crowded places, people are not comfortable. So when you're not aware of your empathy, you fall into that crowd and just become just like that. You will mirror. There's something in um, science called mirror neurons, or you actually have neurons inside of you that will mirror, if, if you don't notice, that will mirror the behavior and the energy of others. So in highly empathic people, they often have hyperactive mirror neurons. So these neurons start matching their environment. So then if the environment is beautiful and joyous and wonderful, that's a great quality to have because you do get to absorb that. But when the environment is stressful, restrictive, not comfortable, you fall into a pattern of mirroring the environment around you. 
So then another thing with being highly empathetic is that you often don't know what's actually yours and not yours. So you walk into this environment and you start feeling like everybody else. And because you forgot to check in with yourself, those aren't actually even your feelings. You might have had the best day ever and walked into this place with the greatest intention and with a beautiful emotional balance. And you come into this environment and you fall almost out of your own experience and fall into other people's experiences. So absorbing then other people's emotions becomes an unsafe but also really stressful experience. So it makes you very susceptible to your environment and to the world around you. Um, another thing that often people who are highly empathetic and empath and highly sensitive that they find difficult a challenge for them is decision making because when you don't exactly know what's yours what's not yours your decision making process is often highly influenced by the people around you so judgments perceived opinions all that because you're absorbing those they come into your into your field into your body and they're starting to feel like yours. So then how do you know what you actually want without being influenced by the world around you? So it gets actually quite messy inside of your system by absorbing all the energies around you into your system. And then another thing that I've noticed that um, People are highly empathetic without being aware of all of it is that they often have quite poor boundaries. And the boundaries issue comes up with because you literally can feel in your body other people's hurt or disappointment. So saying no isn't just simply you saying no to other people. It becomes an issue of you feeling how they feel feel and honestly knowing how people react to your decisions and how people feel disappointed or hurt by your choices isn't always that helpful because it allow it often means that you give up space of what you actually want for yourself i don't know if that's clear enough so what I, let me try to give an example of um, you're not feeling well, you don't want to go to a social engagement, but you've given your word, you've promised. So people who are highly empathic will often lean towards overriding their own sense of their own need, even though their body is letting them know they don't want to go, they're exhausted, they're not feeling well. But by feeling the expectation of the other and feeling the possible disappointment, feeling the possible hurt of the other person not feeling maybe rejected they will not listen to their own voice override that and go anyways so and that's just a small example um, but overall people often lean towards self-abandonment towards poor decisions for themselves when they're that highly empathic so 
again, I don't think people should stop being empathic. It's a beautiful way of being, but it does really help to start managing your empathy to really create a better life for yourself. To understand what really, what you want for yourself, the choices you want to have for yourself, your own dreams, it really helps being able to distinguish between your experience and other people's experience. And in a time like right now, it's more than ever important to hold your own, to hold your own peacefulness, to hold your own joy, to hold your own calm, it gets really important to learn to tell the difference between what is yours and not yours. So I just wanted to take you down a few really simple strategies that really have helped me and have helped my clients to learn to deal with your highly empathic qualities. So the first quality, number one, is I call it energy hygiene. It's really basic energy hygiene. We have an energy system, we have a field around us, we are made of a, bo a body that goes beyond our physical body of almost like a bubble, and we want to take care of that. That's our space to take up. So with energy hygiene, I mean that on a daily basis, just like you would shower and take care of yourself, you also want to take care of your energy system. So the first strategy of that would be to ground yourself every single day and preferably multiple times a day, especially before you go into a stressful or crowded situation, ground yourself. Some of you might not know what that means. So grounding is really just coming to yourself. You can use something simple as connecting through your feet to, to the ground underneath you, feeling the earth and making sure you're connected to your body. So you can take a deep breath into your heart. You center yourself. You come into your body and you ground yourself. So that really is just the most basic step of energy hygiene. And then that leads to the next step of awareness of yourself. So how do I feel today? How am I feeling right now, independent from everything going on around me? How do I feel in my body? Am I having a good day? Am I having a wonderful day? Am I feeling peaceful? And just becoming aware of your sense of self. Instead of going into autopilot and just running around, you need to take a moment to connect to yourself and becoming aware of how you are feeling. It allows you then also to have awareness of these sudden changes of other energies and other people's emotions affecting you. And so when there's a sudden drop of your energy or a sudden change, you can tune in and go, I was feeling great. Why do I suddenly feel different? So with that awareness, it makes you a lot more attuned to your own body, to your own needs, but also to how you're being affected by the world around you. Step number three is letting go of the things that aren't yours. So when you become more aware of how you're feeling, you're also becoming more aware, aware of how other people's emotions, how 
other situations, the environment around you is starting to affect you. So that's not yours. That is not yours to keep in your body. While it's beautiful to know how others are feeling, it's wonderful to be perceptive, to be intuitive, and to be able to read others, it doesn't belong into your body, into your system. So letting that go is a really important practice. And it can be as simple as imagining, and this is just the intention is key in your visualization. So you can just imagine and visualize, let's say, a white light shower. Or while you are in the actual shower every day, you can imagine washing that away, not just even the, the dirt or grime, you can also imagine that water to wash over you and wash everything away that isn't yours or no longer needed in your body. You can also imagine a simple flow from your body and ground yourself to the body through your feet and just imagine the flow from your body through your feet into the earth and just ask, you just ask for it to go and leave your body and be transmuted in the earth. And I already mentioned, so step number four is conscious breath. I already talked about the importance of breath. Breathe into your heart, conscious breath. There are so many times that we're not even aware whether we're deep breathing deeply, whether we're breathing at all, or whether we're holding our breath. And so filling your body with intentional breath is a really important practice in taking up your space. And again, visualization and intention in this is the key. So you can imagine breathing in everything that you need in your body. So you can breathe in different colors. You can breathe in golden light. You can breathe in whatever is soothing, beautiful to you. You can breathe in peacefulness. Whatever you desire in that moment, you can breathe it in and take up your space. And with exhaling, with breathing out, you can let go of what you don't want in your body. You can let go of stress, tension, other people's emotions. And you just take a few seconds or even minutes and you just imagine by breathing in your own experience, what you want in your body, in your system, and breathing out what doesn't belong there, what you don't want in your body. Through that breath, that's not just a nice yoga kind of practice it also actually stimulates your nervous system it calms down your nervous system it tells your body the cue that we're coming out of fight and flight it tells your body to calm down and connect to yourself so with that also you're enhancing self-awareness so you're breathing in connecting to your body you're filling out the space with that breath around you and you're letting go what you want to get rid of um, you can also imagine if you're noticing while you're practicing self-awareness, you can breathe into those parts of your body where you feel pain, um, into the parts where you feel tension, and you breathe right into it. And you bring the energy you want there into that part, and you breathe out the tension, the pain that you want to let go of. You should give that a try. It's a really, really simple practice and quite effective. Um, I already mentioned light. So you can 
strategy number five is using light and colors to fill your space. So really, again, um, you just visualize and your space is yours to manage. So instead of imagining it like a protective barrier, because when we think of protection, it means there's something out there that could harm us. And that's not the intention at all. It's really just your space is yours to take up. It's yours to fill. It is yours to manage. So there's a certain idea of self-responsibility, of sovereignty with this. Your energy system is yours. So if you take up that space around you, then really nobody can throw anything inside of that. People can't actually drain you or can't actually throw their let's say their anger into your system and really to be honest i don't think many people mean to throw their emotions around them anyways it's really just we're all walking around wide open we're not aware of our space and we're taking on what's around us there's not a lot of intention behind that so if we become aware we can hold the space it's ours and then we don't have to worry about how other people are, let's say, behaving. We don't become so susceptible to their different way of being because we are clear and steadfast in our own space. So then you can imagine like a bubble around you and this bubble is yours to fill. And again, we can use the idea of light and colors to fill that space because it makes it more imaginable and that way it gives you a tool to fill all that out so whatever color seems suitable a lot of people work with gold or violet light and then you can just draw it into your body and you fill the bubble out from the inside out and so then instead of again protecting yourself you're just setting really healthy boundaries of your space and you can still feel the world around you you can still be highly perceptive you're not blocking anything you're just taking over your own bubble the beautiful thing is too if you run your your space with a really high frequency and you hold that space you also become a source of let's say almost like a pillar to other people. Because if you're running your space, instead of taking on, let's say their fear, their stress, their anger, you're becoming this source of joy and peacefulness to others around you because you're actually protecting. No, I don't want to use the word protecting, but you're, you're holding your space and it's yours and the other people who are not necessarily holding their space yet can on some level feel it and take on some of that calm, that peacefulness, that joyousness. So instead of you matching their, let's say, lower vibration, people are, have the invitation of actually coming up to your state of being that is more peaceful, joyous, or even just, again, being a source of calm. 
And the last strategy is number six is returning things to sender. Um, over so the is the us there's the tendency of us absorbing feelings from people around us in the moment. But I would say that many of us have absorbed feelings, emotions, experiences over a lifetime from the people around us, especially our loved ones that are closest to us. And those are not to be held in our body. So returning to sender isn't throwing, let's say, a negative emotion, negative experience, throwing that back at that person as like, that's not mine. You deal with your own crap. It's not like that at all. It's really a loving intention of giving something back that isn't yours. So when you absorb the experience, let's say it's grief, sadness of somebody else, just simply by wanting to overcare and wanting to get really deep into their experience and you absorbing into your body, your body actually can't process that and hold that because it's not your experience. It's not yours to solve. It's not yours to hold. So it just becomes like a stuck emotion. It just becomes like a block in your energy system. While the other person that is maybe dealing with grief or sadness, that is part of their experience. So it is theirs to work through. It is actually theirs to process. So when you return that to them, that isn't a bad or a mean thing to do because you're not returning something terrible to them. It just feels terrible in your body. But it's their experience. You're just handing back what they need to process, what they need to go through. So you really can imagine yourself. Some people do that through imagining a cord. Some people imagining some kind of energy connection. And you really just visualize handing it back to the person, but with a loving intent. Again, it's not about throwing it back. It's like, that's not mine. It's really just, it is theirs. And that doesn't mean you don't connect to their experience. It doesn't mean you're not there for the people around you through, let's say, grief or sadness, stress or fear. You can hold space, but you can remain in a neutral space. And when they have processed their emotion, when they're ready to move up, you again become the source of calm. You become a pillar and you can extend the invitation. Your energy system does that automatically for them come back out of that lower vibration and rise up to where you are. So again, let me just summarize some really, really simple strategies of becoming aware of your own experience as an empath and how to handle this experience without giving up space and without losing yourself in that. So strategy number one was simple energy hygiene. So you really just ground yourself and you center yourself in your own body, at least on a daily basis, preferably on a regular basis before you enter, let's say stressful environments or social experiences. And you just ground yourself in your body, you connect to the earth. The second one was becoming aware of yourself. How do you feel in your body? How do you feel emotionally? Checking in with yourself. 
till you become aware of what's you, what's not you. The third strategy is to let go of the things that are not yours. And you can imagine a white light shower, you can wash it off in a natural shower, and you can imagine just grinding it out into the earth. The fourth strategy was using conscious breath to take up your space, bringing in energy that you want in your body, letting go of energy that isn't yours, and letting go of things you don't want in your body, and filling up the bubble around you. Strategy five is also still filling up the bubble around you, but you can use light and you own your space. You own your energetic bubble around you, whether it's using light or just imagining the space and fill it up with all of you. And the last one was returning emotions that aren't yours or experiences that aren't yours to sender. Um, so these are just some really basic beginner steps of how to connect to your empathic gifts, but also how to, to manage empathy in your life. Um, if you want to know more, please feel free to contact me. Um, I love working with people through letting go of old, um, blocks in their energy system figuring out really that connection to their own self and real distinguishing what is theirs, what's not theirs. So yeah, please contact me if you have any more questions, want any clarifications, or if it can support you through your journey anymore. Thank you so much for listening.